You're listening to the Pastors Podcast of Mission City Fellowship of San Antonio, Texas. Mission City Fellowship exists to make and mature disciples of Christ who live all of life for the glory of God and proclaim Christ for the joy of all people. You can find more resources like this one at missioncityfellowshipsa.org. Thanks for joining us once again. It's Pastor Phil here, joined by Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob, uh, our second installment of our podcast, our pastor's podcast for Mission City Fellowship. And we hope this serves you, church. Um, We heard some really good, encouraging feedback this past week. And so we hope just to continue. And like we said last week, we, we may not be able to do this every single week, but we do hope to do this fairly often just to connect with the church and maybe hit on points that we didn't get to hit on on a Sunday morning and application and who knows what else will come up there. And we do intend to send out a way through our church app where people can uh, send in questions and topics that maybe we can uh, touch base on uh, on this church app. So, all right. Well, Pastor Rob, what type of music is typically playing in your home? Well, right now I have a lot of, uh, I play those YouTube like coffee ambiance things going on. Um, I just like that gentle, soft jazz in the background. I, uh, I don't know if people know this. I have uh, pretty bad tinnitus or tinnitus, however people want to say that. And so it, when it's real quiet, it gets really loud, and so I usually have some something going on. Um, but I have um, I, I play that, and I play those. Um, uh, do you really? Should I be real honest, <laughs> or do you want? I've been listening to Christmas music li- recently. Wow, I see why you asked if you should be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, it is August. I, I I enjoy Christmas music. A lot of it's instrumental. It's not. I'm not listening to jingle bells kind of thing, but it's just instrumental. I like the music. I like, uh, I listened to George Winston's December album, which is probably the one album I've listened to more than anything else. And it's, it's my favorite. I could listen to it again and again. And it, wow. and that's not, okay. it's not specifically Christmas, but it, it, it's a little early, a little early for that. Not for me. Um, I, I made it to August this year. Usually, I'm, I'm beginning of summer. That's amazing because and I and I like Christmas music too, but I'm still, I'm still. It's summertime. I'm sweating outside. It's hot. What helps me to hear? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, even though it's 105. So, <laughs> well, I think that's really cool. I think it's cool. So you? Oh, for me, I uh, well, right now, yeah, we actually do very similarly we there's a lot of jazz music going on in our house kind of like just calm slow stuff if i'm if i'm doing some study or reading or in anything in my office typically i'm playing that kind of music but it's either that or sovereign grace worship music playing uh, even this morning yeah i'm hearing that yeah. downstairs as the girls are getting going with the day and um so Probably one of those two. Some some mm. jazz. There's like a jazz channel, which I think maybe the same jazz channel you listen to, and then um, Sovereign Grace music. Yeah, I, I I really like worship music and Sovereign Grace and City of Light. 
I, yeah. I'm very purposeful when I use those. I'm, I'm like doing something specific to towards worship. I don't mm. I don't often have that just in the background though. Do you do you play that when you when you're like praying, or no? I, I have. I I don't I don't do just one way or the other. I know I've known some people like they they will like play like worship music like that and it leads them into like a prayer time or something. And I don't know yeah, I mean I've I've done that. I don't purpose to always do that. Um, but, I, mean, I don't yeah. do yeah I don't do that all the time, but especially while I'm praying I get yeah. I I am such a <laughs> I get so distracted which is really hard right now where we're sitting. We're sitting in this park and it's like, it's surrounded by busy streets and we're downtown. Uh, so I get really distracted easily, but so I can't just listen to music while I pray, but it, but it can lead me into prayer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. I'll, I'll try to keep coming up with some more questions for us to start off our, our okay. podcast. Um, next time I might have to do something like what's your favorite Dorito or something favorite flavor chip oh <laughs> well i don't have a favorite dorito i do have a favorite chip yeah so maybe do you have I've... a favorite chip well they would just combine two in a row <laughs> do you have a favorite chip? um i love i love the kettle i think well it's lay's kettle or just the kettle brand uh jalapeno oh okay i hey, love that is that the like super crunchy chips it's a yeah kettle? they're super okay. yeah how they cook okay. them is a little bit different than just like the basic lay's chip okay Okay. I love the jalapeno flavor. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of like the super crunchy stuff. Yeah, but th those are pretty pretty tasty. Yeah, I. So, I'm not a big like crunchy guy. So really, there you have it. So you're not like chips in general. I do like chips, but I'm not like. I'm just not a big crunchy guy. So I'm not. <laughs> like even like eating popcorn, I'm not. A, I'm not like a real big fan of popcorn. Really, my girls wow. love popcorn. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. So well, so there you have it. Well, I hope people find this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going here. So, um, so Sunday we were continuing John uh, in our series. John, we were in John six, second sermon in John chapter six, verses twenty two through fifty nine. Can you give us a sermon overview? Uh, sure. Uh, basically, it's like the whole chapter, and you did such a great job the week before dealing with the, the, the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on water, on the water coming out to his disciples. It's just the whole chapter is about Jesus and highlighting him and what he's doing. And the sermon, the passage I had, uh, begins with Jesus out the other side, uh, the people following him, uh, Jesus' initial reaction or, or, or action uh, or, or actually response to them, kind of calling them out for their motives and following him and highlighting to them that they weren't, weren't really motivated by who Christ was and the significance of what he was doing and feeding the 5,000 and the, and the walking on the water. But uh, he calls them out for that and encourages them to, to turn from seeking for physical material needs to seeking for their more pressing and important spiritual needs. Um, and then he just, the rest of that, that passage, is just about Jesus being the bread of life and what that means and trying to get them to turn their attention away from Moses and, and everything that, that how they, they viewed the manna and what happened there to understanding that, that Jesus was the, was the true manna that comes down from heaven and trying to help them understand the importance of all that. So 
that's a quick flyover. Yeah. Well, I, I, you're right. It is just this great call to look at Jesus and to know Jesus. And um, I had a couple, couple lines in my sermon notes here. And there could have been way more here, but just just to read a few um, that just were, yeah, really impactful moments. But like uh, you said, one of the great dangers to the church today is our wealth, and how you were addressing how we. Um, yeah, essentially turning upside down our, our, yeah, we want to fill our bellies full. We want, we want the Lord to do our bidding. I think is how you put it. Yeah. We, they wanted someone who would do their bidding and meet their needs. And you were kind of helping turn that upside down, this, this self-centered life and looking to, to please ourselves. And then rather now looking to Christ and looking at his yeah. great worth and, uh, you had this line in there, love people uh, and use things. But often we reverse that. We love things and use people. Uh, that that stood out to me. Uh, you had this question, Christian, is your focus more on Christ or is it your own needs? Is your mind set on the kingdom or, or worldly things? And needs, our needs are real. You, you mentioned that. And last week we hit on that too. Our, our needs are real. Those yes, are not absolutely. like, yeah. yeah, those are not like something that he just like. And Jesus was sensitive and cared about that. Right, right. So it's not like an insensitivity to our needs. But what is our greatest need? Yeah. That's what that's yeah. what you were kind of hitting. He on. never confused that need with the greatest need. Yes, yes. Um, so that that was really great. And then just kind but, of this, well, before you go from that, because that was when I think about what even in when I started looking at this passage to preach it, I was. I didn't think I was going to go there initially. I did where I ended up with that and what I felt like the Lord was leading me in my, as I was prepping. But yet it became so, it was so impactful for me because it, you know, the, the issue of what are, what are the things that can entangle themselves in our heart that, that can, that can interfere with truly seeking first the kingdom of God. And that was just such a, it was such a huge reminder for me uh, just in my own life that, that material possessions, and monetary, you know, wealth and all that we derive from those things. And it's the things we get from having those things often, you know, the comfort that they can provide, the security they can provide, uh, even a sense of power or even a sense of self-determination or the freedom of choice that comes when you have money. Those things are intoxicating. And those things often mm. try to take the place of Christ in our lives. Mm. And that was just a fresh reminder um, to see, because I know for me, one of the big deals is comfort. Mm. And um, mm. and seeing things that threaten my comfort or that, you know, and mm. it was just it was like, OK, I that needs to get disentangled from my heart. Mm. Um, and I, so well, I love that you mentioned that because you know, it is interesting, like even as because even as preachers, as pastors, as we come to a text, you are trying to draw draw out the heart of that text, which ultimately is come to Jesus, right? Right. He satisfies your greatest yeah. longing and can fulfill your, fill your greatest need or take care of your yeah. greatest need. But then in light, in all of that, there are these little nuances of, of application. And what I like what you just said is as preachers, I think good preachers are not coming to the text, just say only saying, how does this text land on people in the church? Yeah. That's a part of it. 
How sure. does this apply to us and, and right. those in our body? But I think a good preacher, and I think this is what you did, and I think you're a really good preacher, is how does this apply to me? And it pierced you in yeah. that way that, hey, this, this presses. When Jesus is telling them they just want me because they want their fill of their belly. Yeah. That hits me, and it hits yeah. me in this way, and you just described that. Yeah. And then so now as you preach, the sermon takes shape through the heart of the text, but then also as the text is applied to your own heart, yeah. and it takes its shape, yeah. the sermon takes its shape. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you ever feel like, wow, I get to spend all this time every week prepping for in the Word so I can preach the Word to other people? What an incredible privilege that, you know, yeah, just on that level. But we're getting so impacted. I'm not just, I think one of the dangers of sermon prep or, or prepping to teach the word is that you're always thinking what about other people instead of it, what is the impact on you as yeah. well? Yeah. And because it can be like, well, this is just, it, I'm, it just goes through me and out instead of like, no, it really does affect me. Yeah. And, and the money thing, I, I remember... I had a, a seminary professor, a church history professor, who talked about like in the early years in America, 17, 1800s, that, that Christianity spread so much of the time. It, 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 it impacted the biggest growth, where growth was in lower, lower class, the lower class people. That, that's where the gospel, not uniquely or solely, but, and he made the point, and I, I'd, I'd never pushed on this to see if this really works out because I don't I'm sure how you'd prove it but he, he he made the point it's like when Christianity comes and it does that transformation in, in people's hearts and minds it makes them it makes them it, it ups their work ethic how they engage with what they're doing the reason of what they're and it makes them you know understand they are financial stewards and he said within a generation the Lord these people who are Christians now have money in the next generation mm. and and then their children and the impact on that. And he said, that's where mm. you see where you get comfortable because you go from really seeing you don't have all these things distracting. You see Christ, you understand that he is what you need and that, that where this life is, is not the final chapter. Uh, and that, and that, that always stuck with me as, yeah, can these things, is what I have, what I, what I own is, is it held with a closed fist or an open mm. fist, mm. open hands? And is it, how much is it in interfering with following Christ and being obedient to him? Does that make sense? It does. Not the part about having an open fist. That didn't make much sense what you did. <laughs> open hands. Like you're not holding things like. Exactly what you were trying to like say. Like I'm gripping it. Nobody's getting this out of me, but everything's open. Not Closed fist. Yes, open, open fist. fist. Yes, I know. That didn't quite make sense. But okay, I know exactly. are we going to go there? <laughs> we're going to pick apart. No, no, no. no. No, I had to because you don't usually do that. Usually I'm the one who does that. <laughs> so I have to draw that out. I meant open hand. <laughs> that's right. No, that was, no, it was really good. And, um, and that's one thing I love about team preaching. Um, I, I love about us sharing the pulpit in ways that we do. Yeah. I know that's not always the case. And, you know, there's seasons in a church where maybe, uh, you know, one, one person, one, one guy has to preach more often yeah. uh, for whatever reason. But I'm glad that in, in the life of our church, we're able to do that, where we can share preaching. Because I think we both have gifts. We both have different skills. We both have different personalities. But when they can combine in a way where from Sunday to Sunday, I think it can harmonize well on, yeah. a, on a team level. But then 
on a church level, man, it's, I think it can serve the body because like, yeah. for instance, I get to hear you and I get to hear the preaching of the word and it serves me and, and the way you draw things out, you apply the word of God really well. Um, I think that's some of that counseling background coming out that I really admire about, about your preaching. It's just applying the truth of God's word so well. But that, that, that the church gets to receive that too. And so they get to receive the different skills and gifts. And uh, obviously when I'm preaching, you get to be, you right, get to be absolutely. fed. Uh, so I, I love that we get to do that. Yeah. So, so thank you for serving us this Sunday. I, I think we too. were well served. Um, something that was, that was so cool was even coming out of Saturday's collective. So we had the Spirit Collective right. um, Sunday morning. Some of the people who were in the Spirit Collective were in our prayer pre-service prayer time, which I would encourage anyone who's able come to the pre-service prayer time. There are some kids who come, um, not always, but there there are some kids who are there at times. So if you're able to come, come. We know not everybody's able, but in that prayer time, I heard some of the same people who were at the Spirit Collective praying and just just crying out to the Lord, just so sweet and so good. And in their prayer, I heard a specific phrase, you know, Lord. Is fill us full of your spirit and, and cause this to take place. So that, then they named several things, cause this to happen in us, you know, grow us in this way. And, you know, coming out of the spirit collective, I think it was very timely because that was one of the things we talked about is how the spirit fills us to the call in which he's, you know, to be for empowerment for daily living or whatever it might be, but how we should pray that way. We should ask the Lord to do this work in us and to fill us full of his spirit, to, think more with the, the truth of Christ, to feel more with the heart of Christ, to speak more with the words of Christ and all of that. And just hearing our church pray that Sunday morning before service. And then I, and I think this was tied to it. I, man, during the singing time, hmm. I was just overwhelmed yeah. by the glory and goodness of God, mm -hmm. just overwhelmed. And so, I mean, you guys heard that even in the announcements, it was <laughs> do confession and then announcements. It was hard to get words out. I was just overwhelmed by the glory and goodness of God. And, and I couldn't help but tie that to that our people are praying, Lord, fill us up with your spirit. Make us aware of you. It was just so good. And so hence then, even in the preaching time, there was a moment where I was just in tears, just thinking about how glorious Jesus is and his worth. Um, yeah. Even... You, you gave that call. The most important part of this passage is the call to come to Christ personally. And then you just repeated that and you said it passionately. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Man, I, just, I was just in tears. Because it's not just the call for the unbeliever to come to Jesus. It's us. It's, it's his sheep. It's all of us. Keep coming to him. Keep coming. So it was just so compelling. It was so compelling. And then you know, our young adults time, our young adults day was just wonderful. They came over to our house and they, I feel like it continued. My heart was full <laughs> in the Lord. And uh, yeah. throughout the day, we, the, the chunk of young adults left our house at like seven or seven thirty, And, you know, one person didn't leave till like 1130. And it was just wonderful. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so the Lord awesome. was kindly meeting us, I think, all day yeah. in the power of his spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just, our, the singing was just so incredible. I mean, you start with Christ, our glory. <laughs> that was the first song we sang. Yes. Yes. I was just so, and then ending with we hunger and thirst. It was, it was just, yes. the Lord was just in all of that, you know, yeah. bringing us to him, opening us to Christ. Because that was really, 
and just like you, I was I was impacted both in study and in the sermon itself, just hearing Christ again. I am the bread of life. Uh, I am the one who, you know, who's come down from heaven. I, you know, I will give you life. I will save you. I will raise you up. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. so powerful. Yeah. Well, I love this, this, this line that you had, you know, in the sermon, I think it was, it was, I think it was more towards the end. I don't remember, but if you keep looking for life in other places, your life is a forgery of true life. That, that grabbed hold of, of my heart. And I'm sure of many others. If we, if we're trying to find life in other places, it's a, it's going to end result in a life that's a forgery of, of what true life really is. And, yeah. and so what we're experiencing on Sunday morning is we're going to the, to the well of where true life is found. We're going to yeah. Christ himself. And hence then what we're experiencing, what I experienced, what you experienced on Sunday and, and prayerfully what our people are experiencing is, is we're drinking them from the well of true life. Yeah. Finding yeah. true joy, right. true satisfaction, true, yeah. true happiness, true, true, uh, hope, you know, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, brother, thank you for preaching to us Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, this Sunday, I'm looking forward to having Jacob preach the word. And, and actually, that same truth from Christ our glory, that song is, we're going to end with that song this Sunday because Jacob's preaching from Hebrews 11 and specifically the portion where he talks about this country that, that, we, that is by faith ahead of us, that God's preparing for us, that's our hev- it's a heavenly one. Yeah. And uh, Hebrews specifically uses that language. And, um, yeah. So we'll hear, hear on that some more this Sunday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, blessings, church. Uh, we look forward to gathering with you this Sunday. What did Enjoy you say last time. week? Go, go in the grace and peace of the Lord. You ended it so well. How did, what did you say? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that. Go in the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.